Kingdom Life Ministries welcomes you to tonight's live broadcast. We are a five-fold apostolic center, and our purpose is to wash and mature the Bride of Christ, moving from an emotional bride to a worshiping one. Our mandate is to wash and help cleanse the Bride through a divine relationship with Jesus Christ. Kingdom Life Ministries is a non-denominational, multicultural, and international ministry. Tonight's ultimate goal is to exchange a life of being broke to broken, from being busted to being blessed, and from being disgusted to having dominion, unto the glorious sons and daughters of God here on the earth. If you would like to sow into our ministry, go to KingdomLifeUSA.com and hit the Donate tab, or mail a check or money order to us here at 12B Chatham Center South Drive, Savannah, Georgia, 31405. Make sure all checks or money orders are written out to Kingdom Life Ministries or KLM. I know that somebody emailed the ministry and said they had read some of the testimonies and they read Carrie's testimony and my testimony and they were like, oh my gosh, you people just seem to have it all together. But I cannot believe the stuff that God has brought y'all through. Yes, we have it all together now. We face our trials. Yes, we do. But we stand tall in the mighty name of Jesus because God has brought us out of our mess. Because we didn't always have it together. We allowed Satan to speak to us and tell us stuff and how pathetic we were and how we'd never get there. But guess what? Through the mighty blood of Jesus, we get there. So praise His holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I ask that every word out of my mouth tonight do nothing but edify and glorify Your holy name, Lord. That everything out of my mouth is what I have received for, from You in our private time, Lord. I give You all the glory, Lord. Touch these people tonight, Lord. Touch the people tonight, Lord, in Your mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Okay, I'm going to try not to use my glasses tonight because I hate sitting up here and reading with my little glasses. So when you see me stepping back, it's because I've my eyes are getting better every day. Praise God. So I can stand here and read without my glasses. <laughs> and as Mamie has dubbed me the note queen, yes, I teach by my notes, but God is working on that. Okay, well, we've been in a fast, right? Some of us have. Yay! Yay, 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 okay. <laughs> well, I'll have to admit, the very first day I was on the fast, I was attacked. I felt all kinds of pains. My boss even looked at me and said, what is wrong with you? You need to go home. I was like, I can't. I have too much to do. But when I did get home, I laid in the bed, I think, for an hour or two and slept. It was rough. But every other day since then has been a piece of cake. It, I haven't been sick. I haven't craved anything to the point of going to the grocery store and sneaking something. <laughs> Praise God. Well, the fast has shown me how doing without food makes me hungry. I'm hungry. I crave food, even if it's not my favorite food. I see people at work, and I am a school teacher, so trust me, there's lots of food around. Cookies and cupcakes and somebody's birthday all the time. 
even if it's food that I would normally say, no, thank you. I'm like, oh my gosh, when I get off this fast, I'm going to have some of that. I'm going to get that, even if it's not my favorite thing. <laughs> yes, I go through the day and I don't eat and I don't even snack. So when I get home, I am really hungry. I'm like, walk in the door. What are we eating? Get it out. Let's eat now. So I was thinking about how when I do snack during the day on the cookies and the cupcakes and the candy and everything else that everybody has around, I'm not always hungry when it comes time to eat. I get home and God has so blessed me with a husband that does all of the grocery shopping and cooks every meal in our house. So trust me, when I get home, I need to be hungry. My husband is a fabulous cook, a fab fabulous cook. So when I get home, even if I'm not hungry, I eat. Yes, I do. Well, let's compare that to our spiritual lives. Are you hungry for God or do you allow other things to curb your appetite? Do you snack on other people's revelation so you don't hunger for him yourself? What is taking your focus away from God? What are you spending your time on? What are you using your thoughts for? Maybe those things, maybe that is what you need to be fasting instead of food. Lay it down. Whatever it is taking up your time, lay it down and walk away from it. Can you do it? Any distractions that come to defer your hunger for God is from Satan. Lay it down. Walk away from it. Once God created you and placed you in your mother's womb, he had a purpose for your life. He knew where you were going. He knew what you were going to do. He knew what you were going to accomplish for him. Satan sees that purpose too. He sees, that your, pur he sees your purpose and he starts trying to influence you even at an early age, the friends you have. He tries to put you with the wrong people. He tries to make you do things, rebel against your parents. Even in a young age, Satan starts influencing your life because he knows God's purpose. He brings things to distract you. Things that you desire starts working in your flesh. Then you receive Jesus when you grow up and you've matured and you receive Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. And guess what? You become a target for Satan. Now he's on the ball. Now he's got it. You're his target. He is focused on you and he's going to come at you because he doesn't want what you've just received to influence and make it to its purpose. Satan knows what you can be for God and he will bring all distractions to get you off 
of that purpose. What distracts us? Friends, wrong kinds of friends, even the right kind of friends. Satan will use them with them not knowing to keep you busy, keep your thoughts busy. Boyfriends, girlfriends, hobbies, sleep. I know I need my sleep. Satan makes you think you need that sleep. You desire that sleep. Your errands that you have to run. Your family and all the things that come with a family. The TV show that you just, you certainly make it every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock to see that TV show, don't you? (laughs) The computer, just sitting down and resting and pulling out your iPad getting on Facebook, getting on emails, whatever. What's entertaining you? What's entertaining your thoughts? And there are so many other things that distract us. Do you allow Satan to distract you? To influence you, to get you off of God's purpose for your life? We've all done it. We all do it. Let's look in the Bible at Luke. Luke 10, 38 through 42. Luke 10, 38 through 42. Ooh, got to use the glasses for this one. No, I don't. I've got the Joyce Meyer. Amplified. All right. Now, while they were on their way, it occurred that Jesus entered a certain village and a woman named Martha received and welcomed him into her house. Who did she welcome into her house? Jesus. She received and welcomed him into her house. Do you open your house, your home to Jesus, to God? Do you receive him and welcome him into your home, into your thoughts, into your time? She did. She went out and met him and brought him into her home. You must do the same thing. And in verse 39, it says, And she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. The sister sat at his feet and listened to his teaching. Can you imagine sitting in his presence? Yes, we get in his presence in our quiet time, but can you imagine actually having him walk into your home and sitting there with Jesus Almighty? Would you be up doing stuff or would you be sitting there in awe with your mouth hanging open, hungering and listening to every word, every teaching that was coming out of his mouth? She was feeding on what he was teaching. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, aren't we all? 
was distracted with much serving, and she came up to him and said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me and lend a hand and do her part along with me. Who have mercy have I been there? I know even with the ministry, when we started the House of Zion, if my on Wednesday nights I'd get home, oh, clean up, clean up, do this, do that. We gotta get this done. And Carrie would be in there, you know, looking over his notes and all. I'm like, you need to go do this, you need to go do that. So he was preparing, and what was I doing? I was anxious and I was I was being Martha. We have to prepare, we have to prepare, we have to prepare. Well, sometimes it's okay not to prepare. Sometimes it's okay. Not to have a five-course meal at night every night. You don't have to cook and cook, cook all kinds of fancy stuff. So you've got ten pots that are dirty. You can eat a sandwich sometimes at night. Because I know my precious husband, sometimes I get home and he's cooked a fabulous meal. And if I get home late... He is awesome, and he does wash as he goes, and he cleans up. And so we sit down, and we eat, and I have three boys, so Lord, pray for me. Three men in my home, but we're tra I'm training them. They're learning. They have their shares to do. They clean off the table, and they help. But at the end of it all, I'm the one in the kitchen doing the final wiping down, doing the final putting up, doing it all. And I think in my mind, Lord, I thank you for my husband that prepared this awesome meal for me but now I'm exhausted. Now I'm tired. And it's 8 o'clock and I have to get ready for tomorrow. I have to go to bed by 9. And I didn't get to worship today. I didn't get to sit down and read my word. So sometimes the serving and the busyness need to be laid aside. A sandwich will suffice. Give it up for God. But the Lord replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, many you are anxious and troubled about many things. Well, if you're sitting at the feet of Jesus and you're spending time with him, talking to him, guess what? You're not going to be anxious and troubled about many things because he's going to speak to you in that time and he's going to tell you how to handle those things and you're going to lay them at his feet in your private time and you're going to know that they're taken care of and you're going to have that peace that only he gives you. Verse 42, there is need of only one or but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, which shall not be taken away from her. There is a need of only one or but of a few things. What in the world could Jesus be talking about? He's talking about our lives. Do we need everything? Do we need the biggest and the best? Do we need it all? Because let me tell you something. When you have it all, it takes your time. When you have everything of the world, it keeps you busy. You don't have the time that you need to spend with God. He will give you the one or two things that are important. And the number one most important thing is to sit at the feet of Christ and meditate on Him. That is the one priority in your life. The thing that you need is Christ. 
if you want to grow in Christ, you must know Christ. And to know Christ, you must sit at his feet. What are we allowing to keep us busy from getting into his presence? Other countries in this world that have nothing, they cry out for God because it's all they have. We have so much dependency on other things in this world. We have dependency on ourselves. I can do it. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do better than them. I'm going to get it all. Doctors, we depend on the doctors to heal us. Get us better. They'll give me some medicine for that. Loans, it's easy to go get a loan. I need money for this. That bill's got to get paid. Let me run down there and get a loan. Man-made things. Are we not dependent on the things of this world instead of depending on our God? We don't have to depend on God for our every need. We get into contentment. We get into contentment. Well, I don't want contentment. I don't want selfish satisfaction. I don't want self-made from God. And trust me, He will bring it to you. I want a passion for God so that nothing else in this world makes me content. But Him and His presence. I want to be so full of Him that I am prepared for whatever the world distracts me with. So that all of my trials prove me pure and genuine to God Almighty. And I am not distracted by anything that comes my way. I, like Mary, don't want to be worried or anxious or distracted by anything. I want to sit at his feet and meditate on him. Every word that he speaks I want to meditate on it and listen to it. Ronald Reagan was once quoted as saying, There are no constraints on the human mind. No walls around the human spirit. No barriers to our progress except those we ourselves erect. Listen to that again. There are no constraints on the human mind. We're not born with constraints on our mind. There's no walls around the human spirit. There's no walls there. No barriers to our progress in God except those we ourselves erect. Is that not powerful? You're the one putting up the barriers, the constraints. What are, what are constraints? They're limitations. They're restrictions. It's a stiffness or inhibition in a relationship. Do you want a stiffness or inhibition in your relationship with God? Do you want limitations and restrictions on your time with God? How he's working in your life? Do you want something that limits his actions? Those are constraints. 
What constraints do you have in your life? I don't want any constraints in my life. I don't want them to stop me from a relationship with my heavenly father. Do you feel like you're at a point where you're doing everything you can for God, but nothing is happening? We wear ourselves out. Know that he sees everything and all that you are doing. Nothing you're doing is a waste. Let's look at John 12, 3 through 8. John 12, 3 through 8. Mary took a pound of ointment of pure liquid nard, a rare perfume that was very expensive, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair, and the whole house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. We need to pour ourselves out. The best of ourselves, not the weakest, the leftovers, the tired us. The best of ourselves, pour it out on Jesus. But Judas Iscariot, the one of his disciples who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii a year's wages for an ordinary workman and that money given to the poor for destitute? Now he did not say this because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and having the bag, the money box, the purse of the twelve, he took for himself what was put into it, pilfering the collections. That's kind of like people that don't understand why we want to spend so much time with God. There's other things in this world besides God. You can praise God and still do all this. You can still come to ball games. You can still... Come out with me. You can still do all this. Why are you spending all your time with God? Because he needs my best. But Jesus said, let her alone. It was intended that she should keep it for the time of my preparation for burial. She has kept it that she might have it for the time of my embalming. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me do you always have him do you always desire him do you always go after him Mary poured out the expensive oil on Jesus and what did Jesus say pour out on me nothing done for me is a waste so don't think he doesn't see what you're doing. He sees it. When you feel nothing is happening, break off the constraints and keep hungering and thirsting for God. Hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst for His presence. He will come. Let's look at Matthew 5, 6. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in that state in which the born-again child of God enjoys His favor and His salvation are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the uprightness and right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied when you hunger and thirst for God 
You're satisfied. You don't need to keep depending on the things of the world. Hunger and thirst for him and his righteousness. And he will build his character inside of you. And you will live like this when you hunger and thirst for him and his presence. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2.2. Like newborn babies, you should crave thirst for earnestly desire the pure spiritual milk. When a baby desires, craves milk. Do I read it all? Like newborn babies, you should crave thirst for earnestly desire the pure unadulterated spiritual milk that by it you may be nurtured and grow into completed salvation think of a baby when a baby desires craves milk can you distract them can you put off the feeding until you're convenienced if you have ever had a child or been around a child, you know that answer. You cannot defer that hunger. And that's the kind of hunger we need for God. That's how we need to hunger and thirst for Him. So that nothing can deter us. Nothing put in front of us can take us away from that desire. No phone call, no TV, no sleep, no nothing, no friend. Nothing can defer us from getting to God. Nothing can stop us. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Let's go to Deuteronomy 8.3. Deuteronomy 8.3 And he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you recognize and personally know that man does not live by bread only but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. And how are you going to know what those words are if you're not getting into the time with Him, sitting at His feet and listening to His voice? Do you know every word that has come out of the mouth of the Lord? Do you know every thought He has ever had? If you do, then you are Jesus and God yourself. No one ever gets to that point. I don't know everything. Lee doesn't know everything. Carrie doesn't know everything. Jean doesn't know everything. I don't think I'll ever be at the point where I know every word that has come out of the mouth of God. So guess what? I don't get into contentment. I keep hungering and I keep thirsting for more and more because there's always going to be more Always going to more. You receive revelatory word. You have an encounter. Okay. Use that word. Use that encounter. Tell your testimony. You received it. Use it. God gave it to you for a purpose. But keep searching. 
longing for, craving the next word that is going to come, the next encounter with him. Keep expecting, hungering, and thirsting for his word to feed you. You want more. You want more. You receive. Thank you, Lord. Let me tell you what Lord, the Lord said to me today. But the next morning, I'm back in there. Okay, Lord, thank you for your word, but give me more. I want more, Lord. Let's look at an example of this. Let's look at Zacchaeus. We're not going to go there in the scripture. I'm just going to talk about, am I saying that right? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. Okay, so we all know the song. We know that he was a little man. Well, Jesus was passing through Jericho, and Jericho is where Zacchaeus lived. Zacchaeus had heard about this Jesus, and he thought, I must get to this man. I must go see him. I want to see this man, Jesus, that they are talking about. He knew he had to just get to him and see him. Well, when he got to where Jesus was coming, the crowd was overwhelming. He could not get up to where Jesus was coming. He was a very short man, so he could not see over the crowd. All he could see were people, the people, the people. Zacchaeus was not a well-liked man either. He was a tax collector, and they always took their fair share of the taxes, and the people did not like him. So number one, he's too short to see over the crowd, and number two, the crowd already thinks this man, they don't like him. You know, he knew the people did not like him. But he knew he had to see Jesus. So no matter his size, no matter what people thought, he was going to see Jesus. He saw a tall sycamore tree and he climbed it. A grown man climbing a tree to see somebody. Well, Jesus came by. He looked up in that tree and he said, Zacchaeus, come down, for I am going to your house today. Zacchaeus got an encounter with Jesus because he went after it no matter the distractions, no matter the constraints. He got his encounter with Jesus. We need to live, each of us needs to live in a position of sitting in that sycamore tree. Positioning ourselves for an encounter with Christ. Expecting, expecting, getting to him no matter what it takes. We need to be like Zacchaeus. Think about the men. Look at the men who lowered their friend through a roof to get to Jesus. They had to fight the crowds. They had to climb an old rickety wooden ladder with a man on a cot. They had to make a hole in the roof and lower him down. Whatever it took, they were going to what? Get to Jesus. Jacob is another one who wrestled and wrestled with God all night long and he wouldn't let go. Are you in that position? 
Are you wrestling with him? Are you getting to him? Are you fighting for it? Are you craving it? And I'm going to end with this. Revelations 19.7 Revelations 19.7 Let us rejoice and shout for joy, exalting and triumphant. Let us celebrate and ascribe to him glory and honor for the marriage of the lamb at last has come and his bride has prepared herself, prepared herself. His bride, being us, has prepared herself. What are you doing to prepare yourself for God's return? And I looked through the Bible and I found some words that tell me how to seek God. I found the word diligently. Diligently seek him. That doesn't mean to just sit on my sofa watching TV, flipping through my Bible. Desire. Desire him. Commit your ways to his. Commit yourself to his ways. Delight yourself in him. Delight yourself in him. Be happy with him. Seek him. And then the words with effort, steadily, painstakingly. It's not always convenient. Earnestly, expectantly, crave Require the necessity of him. It tells us to do this in the Bible. These words are in the Bible telling you to go after him this way. Hunger and thirst for him. That is the end of my teaching. Now I want us to pray. I want everybody to close their eyes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, mighty God. God, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. We repent, Lord, of any constraints, anything that we have erected in our lives, Lord, anything that we have allowed to come between you and me and the relationship that Jesus died on the cross to renew back into a relationship with you, God. We ask your forgiveness, Lord. We ask that you forgive all of us for anything we have chosen over you, Lord. Lord, we give everything to you. Lord, I thank you for your precious word that came forth tonight, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I ask that you plant this word and seal it in each of our hearts, God. Lord, I ask and send out our angels and your spirit to break off all doubt and questioning, Lord. Release your faith and your obedience, Lord. Lord, break off all of our thinking in the box and our reasoning, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you release your revelation, Lord, in your voice in us, Lord. Release it, Lord. I ask that you break off every bit of passiveness and shyness in us, Lord. And I ask that you release my tongue, that I will speak when you tell me to speak, Lord. I ask that you break off the routine and the constraints. And I ask, Lord, that you release the hunger and the thirst Release more and more of you, Lord. More of a desire for your presence. 
Lord, help our hunger and thirst pull on you and your kingdom until it pours out on us. Lord, I ask all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You are an awesome, mighty God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm glad Praise I don't God. have to teach tonight. Wow. That was awesome. God is awesome. God is awesome. God is awesome. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. This is over. The fast is over. Coming to my house, we're going to have sandwiches. <laughs> Fried bologna. Hey, I would eat it. I'm not going to go very long here, but I, I want to just follow up on a couple of things that she said because my wife really ministered to me tonight. That's awesome because I, I've, I've been saying she is a teacher, my teacher. She's going to be my teacher. Isn't that awesome? The day we were just going over things and I was sitting at the table going, keep going, keep going. This is good. This is really good. This is the... There's four words that you said that really struck me that I didn't hear today that I heard tonight. Pour out your best. Man, I just want to share really quick with you. Monday morning, last Monday morning, at about 4.20 in the morning, I'm laying on my back asleep, and I literally physically, physically feel this. Three taps on my leg, and I sat up in bed. I thought one of the boys had came had come into the room and was trying to wake me up. And I looked, and there's nothing. And Paige was awake. And she said, what's the matter, honey? And I said, I'm laying, Paige is on my right, tapped me on my left leg. I said, you tapped me on the leg? <laughs> she said, no. And all of a sudden, the clarity of my mind was incredible. I mean, it was like I was completely wide awake completely wide awake and I heard God so plain worship worship and I mean it just drove me out of the bed headphones on and I did something I don't usually do a lot Paige does it I went in our I got a pretty good size walk-in closet and I just went in the closet and I started sometimes I sit sit on the floor Indian style and now it just rose up in me. And I realize now that, that last Monday morning I was giving God my best because I stood in his closet and the praise music was on. And I, I remember I was just moving, pressing in as hard as I could. She said, I, I don't know what you were doing, but you were all I could hear was boom, boom boom in the closet and I realized I'd had a hold of the hangers and I was taking the clothes going wham against the wall wham against the wall wham you know but I, you know but I wasn't gonna go say be quiet <laughs> I just listened but at the time I recognized at that moment I was giving God my best yes. it was all I had and you know that's all God expects when we come before him and we just give him everything we could possibly give him you know there's, there's I want to read something to you and how many of you are, are doing the fast raise your hand if you're doing the fast Okay? All right? It's not a sin to say, I'm really hungry right now. <laughs> I am. I could eat, right? I've lost almost 10 pounds in two weeks. But you know, during this time, my flesh, whew, 
This is the first time I've really been on a fast that I've really understood what it does. Yes. The first time. And I've done all those fasts through the years in church. The Daniel fast, this fast, that fast, do this, do that. Don't eat nothing but vegetables. But let me tell you something. Jean gave us this, and I'm going to read this really quick. Fasting kills the desires of the flesh. Mm -hmm. Sex, food, and sleep. When we reject our needs at 4.30 in the morning, you get up, our spirit becomes as a giant to see the Lord. When we fast, we are proclaiming, it's not my will anymore, Lord, but your will. When the flesh has come unto complete submission, you will receive your breakthrough. So are you giving Him your best? Don't just fast the food and try to make the time. Right. I've done that. Yes. Don't do the fast to make the time. Go before Him and give Him your, your best. best. Amen. Amen. What a yes. word tonight, Paige. What a word. God's word. Give Him your best. Whew. How many of you want to give Him your best? All right. Can you stand to your feet? We're going to do something really quick. I'm not going to hold you much longer, I promise. Because in this, I, I want to share this one thing. As in this fast, as my flesh has really been dying and my spirit man is becoming the giant, God has showed me a couple of things that I didn't recognize that were idols. Wow. I recognize them. And God's saying, set it aside. He said, don't worry about that to after the fast. Give me your best. Yes. Amen. Now, I want you to think really right now. User, you, um, I started to say Ewans. I really did. You guys that are doing the fast. I want you to think right now. Not making time. But I'm seeking God. Is there something in this I need to set aside? Question yourself. What do I need to set aside? Aside. Everybody lift your hands. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray right now that every idol that would come against the men and women of God during this fast right now, Lord, that they crucify now father that your supernatural grace comes upon them to help them accomplish it as i prayed to help me accomplish mine oh god that your grace would come upon me as i sacrifice myself to you giving you my best father we receive your grace by faith lord we speak it any man who comes to Jesus must believe that he is. Is what? He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, my deliverer, my provider. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen. Amen. One more thing. If you're here tonight, right now, and you need to make a profession of faith, you know you need Jesus, all of Him. All of Him. Have a seat just for one minute. Just, just a couple more minutes. You need to absolutely move into relationship, not just going to church, but a relationship with a living God. Tierra, you're beautiful. When Tierra came to us, man, it was just amazing what God's done for her. Because she got out of religion and she got into relationship. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you tonight, if this is you, lift your hand and, and walk down here. I just want to pray for you very quickly. If you've never professed Christ at all, don't wait another second. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed the next five minutes out that door. We're all a small-knit family here, so we know one another. So it's, We love you. Nobody judges you. I promise, if this is you, lift your hands. I'm not going to hold you long. You want to move into a deep relationship with Him. No more religion. Or you need to accept Him. I'll give you just a minute. Lord, I thank You. I praise You. What an awesome God You are. What an awesome God You are. We thank You. I praise You, Father. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy, Father. I thank you, God. Praise you. Praise you.
Praise the Lord. Praise God. What a beautiful bride you are. Everybody stand to your feet. Father, I thank you for the word that has gone forth tonight, Lord. I thank you for your son. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. Keep us until we come again, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your awesome grace and your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. He said, Amen. Just a reminder, if you would like to sow into our ministry, go to KingdomLifeUSA.com and hit the donate tab. Or mail a check or money order to us here at 12B Chatham Center South Drive, Savannah, Georgia, 31405. Make sure all checks or money orders are written out to Kingdom Life Ministries or KLM. If you would like a copy of tonight's teachings or any of our other recordings, email us at kingdom.life.ministries.usa at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing the testimonies that come forth in your life after receiving tonight's revelation from God. Thank you.